everybody. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our second episode. Um, so how are you? How was your weekend? Our weekend was pretty good. It was pretty relaxing. Everyone's going to be like, does Kennedy do anything? She just <laughs> <laughs> All my weekends are, I'm just relaxing at home. Mm. Uh, but being back to work, that's just really the, the vibe I'm going for, I guess. Yeah. Unwind when I get home. Um, I keep forgetting that you're back to work. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Um, it's definitely been something to, uh, it's been a learning curve. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I was, I had a rough couple days, like on Thursday, Friday, I got my IUD. And so oh yeah, kind of uncomfortable. I had some cramping, so I was pretty, I was laying pretty low, but otherwise we, we had a pretty good weekend. I can't even mm-hmm. think back, like, what did we even do? <laughs> right. It's like we're Sunday, but we're still like, what did we do? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Uh, well, today I went to dinner at my aunt's house, and yesterday we, well, I know we like, we spent time together as a family, and that's like mm-hmm. the most important thing. So, well, yeah. God, my memory sucks. Mom life. Mom life, man. I got mom brain like pretty bad. Well, oh, I did yeah. some editing yesterday, and then otherwise I laid low. I was with the baby, and we had a nap, and nice. then I went to Walmart last night, which was fun. <laughs> a little <laughs> fun family. Anyway, yes, yeah, that was, we didn't really do anything too exciting because, like I said, I was, I was kind of uncomfortable for mm. most of it, but we, we did spend some good time together the last couple of days, so that's been nice. What about you? What did you guys do? Uh, honestly, we didn't do much because Brandon was super sick. So, I mean, I had, I mean, I was taking care of him and the baby and myself, and um, yeah, he had like some kind of flu. He had like a fever of uh, one hundred five at one point. Jesus. So yeah, I was nervous that myself or the baby would catch it, but thankfully we haven't yet. It just kind of like made us lay low with him being sick, you know? Yeah. Um, and I tried to connect with some friends this weekend, but that didn't work out, which it's life. That happens. Plans don't yeah. always go through. And um, today, Brandon was feeling a little bit better. So we uh, got the energy to do something. We decided that we would either go swimming or go for a walk. And we decided on going for a walk. So we went for a snowshoe. Um, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it was fun. There's like some trails um, by our house. So we went there and I had, I had the baby on me, um, because Brandon was still not feeling like a hundred percent. So he's like, you're going to have to carry her. And I'm like, okay. And this is like my second time doing that with her. Oof. I bet. Anyways, it was a good workout. I felt great after I came home. Yeah, I bet she's getting big. So yeah, well, I mean, she's tiny, but big, right? Like she's like 16, 17 pounds. And I mean, having that extra weight on you is. Well, yeah. Having that, carrying that extra weight is pretty, that's pretty deadly. So that was my weekend and I was excited and anxious about our first episode. Yeah, I was actually feeling kind of the same. I was yeah. like Yeah. Yeah, lots of anxiety, but like good anxiety. And I try to remind myself of that, that there's um anxiety in the sense of like, you know, your body, you know, being there to help you in situations or whatever. And mm-hmm. but also like there's good and anxious, like being excited for things. So I don't know, it was a bit of both, like just being nervous about it airing and um, wanting it to go well because I'm also a perfectionist and I'm trying to let go of that. But anyways. Yeah. It's hard though. When we, um, when we have that, that mentality, right. Where I was trying so hard when I was editing, not to be so critical of myself because I don't like the way I talk or whatever, but um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's very tough. So a work in in progress, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I think that's a, good little segue into what we mm. want to talk about today, which was postpartum mental health. <laughs> yes, let's just break the ice. Yeah, let's just get into it, hey? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a topic that is 
I feel like it's starting to be normalized. Mm -hmm. Like when you read up on um, what to expect when you're expecting and, you know, newborns and babies and all that stuff. Like they talk about like the baby blues. And when I'm saying this, I'm doing quotations with my fingers. Um, I feel like that is just minimizing the whole experience. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the traditional way of um, maybe explaining the you know the drop in hormones and the experience of postpartum it's I don't know I don't like the term baby blues yeah I don't like it either because I feel like it really downplays on the entire experience of like postpartum depression and like postpartum anxiety and um, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not conducive and helpful for women who are really in it Mm -hmm. and there's different types of postpartum like it's just something that is not talked about enough although it is starting to be something that is yeah being talked about i just feel like we need to break the stigma of it and people shouldn't like be so cringy talking about it you know it's like as soon as someone mentioned it it's like oh like it's like it's almost like it's making other people uncomfortable when you bring it up they don't want to like have that conversation right but it has to be normalized or else everyone's going to be experiencing it in silence as we were (laughs) yeah yeah it's really hard when you don't see it like talked about or like people are kind of invalidating your experience and saying, Oh, you just had baby blues. Like, that's not what it is. Like, you know, I knew I was prone to postpartum depression and like postpartum anxiety and, you know, seeing all the stuff on social media, like all these like happy moms who are just like living their best lives mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that. It was really hard because it, it like perpetuated like a st- like that stereotype that like, I'm not doing enough. Like I'm yeah. not a good enough mom. And then, you know, that, that creates like, yeah such an awful mentality it's so true and then like when you're already struggling like with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety like it's it's hard because that that stuff's just constantly being fueled by the stuff that you see on social media that's just not realistic exactly and um same for me is that i was aware that i could experience postpartum depression anxiety etc because i already have um post-traumatic stress disorder and generalized anxiety disorder so i made sure to educate myself on that prior but that did not prepare me i (laughs) oh was i ever yeah it hit me like a ton of bricks like no matter how much you read on and i feel like maybe that's the issue right is what is out there um in mainstream, you know, social media and society and the medical field just doesn't prepare you for what it actually it is. is. Like, yeah. yeah, for reality of it. Um, and I, mean, I don't know, maybe nothing can prepare you for it because everyone's experience is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe if it was normalized more and there was more education on it, you know, maybe yeah. moms w- would reach out sooner or, you know. Yeah, I think um for me it was like it took me a long time to even recognize it because like I just didn't from what I'd read like it didn't seem like oh that's like I just I was I was kind of dismissive of it I was like that's not what I like that's not what I'm dealing with that's not what I'm struggling with yeah and it took me a long time to really like embrace that this is what was going on but Mm -hmm. it's because of all the stigma that you see and all of the you know people almost shy away from it right which is what I like which is kind of what I experienced like and it's so hard like when you yeah like do you want to talk about um, I guess your experience of postpartum, like what you experienced in terms of postpartum or what that yeah, was like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had my baby in January and I, um, I didn't realize how much anxiety that like bringing a human into the world mm. would bring. And like, I, like Tara mentioned, like I, I had similar, like I have generalized anxiety disorder and depression 
And so I knew I was going to be prone to postpartum. And I, I realized, you know, I did all of the things too that I could to prepare, but nothing can prepare you for how much postpartum can affect everything in your life. Like, um, so I did all the readings. I, I looked at all the warning signs. Like I, I had made sure like my, my therapist was going off on maternity leave as well. So I, I had arranged a backup therapist to be with me like the whole time. And like, for whatever reason, like it's, well, not for whatever reason, but like, it still rocked me too. Like mm -hmm. I still, you know, had a, had a lot, I had a hard time. So I had mentioned in my birth story that like after my son was born, there was another spike in COVID cases. Mm -hmm. So initially like a lot of my anxiety was around COVID, mm. and, him COVID and him getting sick. Mm -hmm. So I was like hyper fixated on that. And I was at, like, I asked people to wear masks and I received a lot of um, negative attention from that, mm -hmm. but, but it was because I was so anxious. I was so yeah. anxious that he would get sick. And I was so anxious that, um, you know, I didn't think anyone would do anything to intentionally harm my baby, but it, there was an increase in cases and I wanted yeah. to protect them as best as I could. So well, for one, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but one, that's your anxiety, right? You're being anxious mm -hmm. about your baby and wanting to protect him. But two, you're his mom. Yeah. So whatever you say goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, and it was hard because like I was, I, I was really anxious. And so all of our visitors and all of our guests wore masks when handling the baby for the first three months, because I was so anxious about COVID. I made sure mm -hmm. like if people were exposed that they weren't around him. So I think at first I kind of let it be disguised as COVID anxiety Mm, yeah um, and like just him getting sick and it took me a while like it took me a while to recognize it for what it was because it was like when it wasn't COVID because we got COVID and it right. was like guess what the world didn't end yeah yeah there you go <laughs> you know my baby didn't die like everything's okay he actually yeah. took, he handled COVID better than I did <laughs> and um it took me a long time to recognize like the anxiety and depression like for what it was um, yeah I think it took me it took me many months and I remember just being so anxious about everything. Like, don't, 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 you know, you have to wear a mask when you're with him. You have to, you know, wash and sanitize your hands and like, please don't kiss his face. Like, don't kiss him. Like, you know, keep your drink. Don't kiss his hands because he puts his hands in his mouth. And I was so, so worked up all the time. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, that's another thing too, like about boundaries. Like we'll get into that at another time, but like yeah. all of this anxiety, like about his health and I thought it was just like is it and I I, th I really thought it was normal I was like is this mm -hmm. what being a mom is I'm just constantly worried that like someone's gonna get my baby sick or something's mm -hmm. gonna happen or something's gonna and I had such intrusive thoughts like and I didn't know that that wasn't normal because mm -hmm. I had struggled with intrusive thoughts before okay before I had the baby so I just thought that, that was normal but I was having like really awful intrusive thoughts that were like what if he rolls over in his bassinet and mm -hmm. smothers himself. What if he throws up in his sleep and he chokes? Yeah. What if he sleeps in his own room and I can't hear him and he is face down and he dies? Like, yeah. And like, what if I don't hear the monitor? What if I, what yep. if I, what if I, like all of yep. these things that would pop into my head. And I was like, and it took like, so, and I was doing like, it. it's kind of crazy because like I was doing a lot of therapy. I was doing like, I was doing at least weekly sessions until my. Like, okay. So you, when did you start therapy? I had it set up that I did therapy right away. Oh, so right when he was born, like not long yeah. after you started? Yeah. So, but I found that I was almost like, I found like we had talked 
you and I had talked about something and you felt like you weren't being super truthful initially. And I yeah. feel like, but I feel like too, like I enjoyed the newborn stage a little bit more because I enjoyed that, like the snuggles. I enjoyed like, he just wants to sleep and be on me. And I love Okay. Him. Okay. So do you find that maybe easier anxiety? Like when, like you're saying you, you enjoyed him being close to you. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I was able to use it as almost a clutch too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to think is like that, like, because you're saying you enjoyed it, it was a way for you because you were scared about, you know, all these intrusive things and him being sick and him, you know, bad things happening mm-hmm. to him. That probably was like the best time for you because you could keep him close and you're able to like ensure what's going to happen to him if he's on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, he was always with me. Like we, um, he slept in our room with the, like in his bassinet next to my bed. Like he was with us and I was able to use like, that was like, that eased my anxiety, but it's, there were still moments when it would spike. Like, mm-hmm. um, like when there was a, t- and, and like I said, I really didn't recognize it for what it was, but I had been doing, so I had been doing therapy since like literally like the first week or two after he was born. Okay. So, cause all my therapy sessions were virtual anyway. Right. So I was doing therapy right off the get go, but I feel like where I was enjoying like the newbornness so much more because I was able to almost like say, no, he's too little or no, I'm not going yeah. to visit or no, I'm not doing this or no, right. you can't hold him. Right, right, right. Um, because he was so small. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like as it's gotten older, as he's, as it's gotten, as he's gotten, <laughs> older, <laughs> as he's gotten older, I feel like I've lost a little bit of that, like almost control. So like, cause mm-hmm. now, touching things and he's like putting his hands in his mouth and yeah getting germs from other sources and like i'm not so worried about his health anymore i'm like i'm like there's still a little bit of that anxiety that's like in the back of my brain that's like oh of course what if what if if?" but i'm i've gotten better and it's through a lot of therapy but (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway yeah so i think once it was once I started to lose that, like almost control, like, cause I was, you know, I was cleaning his hands after every diaper changing, after everyone who held him, I would wipe his hands with, and I would wipe his face and I would make sure he was cleaned and he was um, doing all of this stuff and all those mm-hmm. things. But once he started getting older and he started going in things, like I was mm-hmm. even like hyper-focused and hyper-fixated almost on like his toys. Like I was getting so angry in like internally when people were touching his toys if I knew they didn't wash their hands. I'm like, why mm-hmm. would you touch that toy? He's going to put that in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, and I, I re- like for whatever reason, it really didn't click. And like looking back now, obviously like it's postpartum anxiety, postpartum right. depression. And then the added layer too, like I was really lucky actually, because Peter had taken some time off from work. Okay. When- so he, yeah, I think both our partners were with us for the first bit. Yeah. Yeah, so Peter was home. He was the baby was born in January, and Peter didn't go back to work until March. So he was home with us for quite a bit. So like he was there, he was helping me with like the late night feedings and all of that. So it was really when he went back to work, and like he got a new job shortly after he returned to work, and that's kind of when like things started to get real and like holy crap! Like I'm okay. a full time I'm a full time mom. So like I was home alone. Like I think one of the first days I was home alone with the baby all day, I cried. Yeah. Because I didn't have anyone like to help me. I didn't have anyone there with me. And like also I didn't realize like how isolating it was gonna be. When you're alone. When you're alone with a baby who's crying and like you're trying to figure out why they're crying and like what's wrong and like trying to feed them. And I think at that point he hadn't been like fully on the boob, which breastfeeding's a whole other thing, but yeah, that's another thing we'll get into. 
Yeah, but I find too, like even like even that, like I was so obsessed with like the numbers when it came to breastfeeding. Oh my god. And that's 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 the anxiety. I yeah. I maybe, I don't know, maybe everyone or every mom does this who breastfeeds, but I feel like that's part of it. Yeah, like I had a lot of anxiety around breastfeeding. It was like, is he getting enough? Is he having enough diapers a day? Am I pumping enough? And I was so focused on like all of these little things and I was like slowly but surely driving myself a little crazy yeah so then i remember like i was i really struggled those first like three to four months and i remember after you had your baby i remember i was like i'm gonna make sure that like i'm gonna make a point like that like to check in with her because like i struggled so much <laughs> like, and i don't want her to feel like she's as well i don't yeah. want her to feel like she's alone and yeah. i want her to have that support because yeah not that i didn't have it like i had friends and stuff and people who were checking in on me yeah but I feel like in that time period, you don't want to admit that you're struggling. Mm, so maybe reaching out to someone is almost you admitting that there's something wrong. Or... Yeah, that there was something wrong, right? So like I had friends who were checking in on me and I had people who were like, hey, how is everything going? And like I was FaceTiming with my friends and I was, you know, um, staying connected with my loved ones and wasn't really even sharing like the full story almost like because I was really I, I was having a hard time mm -hmm. you know like worrying about germs and like his health and this and that blah 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 and then like we had to take him to the hospital in Halifax to get his hearing checked because like the audiologist in Sydney was worried because they couldn't get a read and like just all of this stuff and anxiety was like mm -hmm. like really like the driving force for me for a long time um, yeah so I didn't I wasn't able to recognize that something was wrong for a while like it took me he was about six months and we had a really like traumatic event happen. And I'm not sure if I'm going to get like super yeah. into it because it was, it was quite, quite much, but um, it was a health scare essentially. And <clears throat> that just like. That spiked it. Yeah. Spiked it, like threw it into overdrive. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, and it almost confirmed my anxiety. It was almost like you are like this, this negative side of your brain an intrusive side of your brain right. is correct. Okay. So you found that like during the newborn stage, you it wasn't as intense until later on when you started recognizing it maybe and reflecting back. And that's Yeah, like I think reflecting back, like I was I didn't really rec like I didn't really take it for what it was like during the newborn phase. Cause like I said, I, I found a little bit more enjoyment in it then because I was able to like put him in a swing and he would nap. And like he was sleeping so much. So I wasn't like, yeah, yeah. So adamantly, like, but at the same time, it was still just as isolating and still just as hard because, for sure, you know, I was mad, like, in literally, like, in the thick of it because Peter had gone back to work and, you know, I was at home with a little tiny baby that I had to care for. So, yeah, I, I didn't really realize how much I was struggling until I think it was about eight months. Wow. So, I there's there were a few circumstances that I I really like looked and I was like okay so this is why I'm this way because I yeah. I had a I had a, I have a friend she lived here very briefly and I remember I went to visit her when her daughter was only like I think eight months and we were playing like we were hanging out we were playing games and I remember thinking like the thought of leaving my baby what makes me want to throw up okay yeah and I was like this is not normal. Yeah. yeah. And cause I was like, cause everything that was fueling my anxiety was like, like I need to be present. I need to be here and I need to be. So I was, you know, all of these things I was doing was like, was for the baby. I was really putting myself on the back burner and I really wasn't paying attention to my needs. 
So it was really at that, I think it was at that point, my mom had stepped in and she was like, Kennedy, just take a pause. Mm -hmm. So this was around like the seven and a half month mark. She literally said, take a pause. She's like, I will watch the baby. We live in the same house. You will hear him. I will be here. If I need you, I will let you know, but go. Cause like at that point, me and Peter were having a really hard time. Like I didn't even really like that. Like you can read and read and read and read about how postpartum is <laughs> gonna affect your life. And like, I really thought like, like, you know, like, you know, me and Peter are so strong. We're so strong <laughs> as a couple. Like yeah. we got this, we can handle anything and everything that life throws at us. And I remember talking to you and you were like, I'm wedding planning. And I'm like, how in the hell <laughs> is he wanting to marry? Like I literally, I remember that because you were talking about it and you were like, I'm like, yeah, like everything like, you were talking about like the wedding planning being stressful. And I was like, what the, like, what are we doing wrong? Like I can't even look at Peter right now. Sometimes like if he looks at me wrong, I want to punch him. Oh, Hey, I'll get more into my side of the, of, yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't all rainbows and, but no, it's, yeah. You look at other people, you're like, are they, what doing, am I doing like, wrong? is this normal? Yeah. 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 Like I really thought, like, I was like, what are we doing? That's so wrong. Like I, you know, like we were having a hard time. Like it's, it was very much that like roommate phase. And like, I really thought like that our living situation just exacerbated like everything, which like is kind of true, but like also like, you know, living, like I had postpartum anxiety. I had postpartum depression. I was, I felt super isolated. He was working long hours. We were living in a space that wasn't ours and like all of these things compiled into like mm -hmm. one thing like it just made everything seem like it it made literally like literally made mountains out of molehills and yeah yeah um so it was super hard and i remember like you, you were talking about wedding planning and i literally was like what the hell am i doing wrong like because i <laughs> wanted like i not that i like i there was no minute like during any of it that i didn't love him but i was mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. he's driving me crazy right but now it's the, it's the resentment right because yeah. you're not understanding each other yeah yeah like we were just on completely <laughs> different pages and yeah and then it took a lot because like my anxiety was like propelling me to like maternally gatekeep i was like i can do it better like i can do it faster i can make this a more enjoyable experience for peter mm. and so like all of these things were just like constantly happening. So at like the seven, eight month mark, my mom was literally like, Kennedy, just like take a minute. Like, take a minute. He's going to sleep anyway. Let him mm -hmm. come lay down with me. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. You're here. If I need you, mm -hmm. it's fine. Like we'll be fine. And I remember me and Peter literally just sat on the couch and we cuddled and watched a movie. Mm. And it took me a minute to realize like the world's not falling apart because yeah. I'm not attending to my baby yeah and, wow and i was like mm. okay things will be okay mm -hmm. if he is not with me every second of every day yeah but it, it's a big step for you and you had to do it on your own terms with someone that you're comfortable with right yeah well and it was a lot for me too to let my mom like my mom doesn't often like she knows not to really overstep my boundaries like that but she saw that i was like overwhelmed and anxious yeah. and like all that so she took initiative and she was like Kennedy just take a minute and yeah she's like it yeah. doesn't have to but go and like go spend time with your boyfriend yeah Buy and you guys phone. watched a movie so <laughs> yeah we watched the movie we snuggled on the couch and it was like it and for the first time in what felt like months we were connecting again hmm. so it was it was really nice to like just be in that moment with him at the time because it was like at that point I felt like we were just like butting heads and like yeah. we were opposing forces opposed to like yeah being it. so I think at that point I really realized that like things were getting rough I decided like I I think that's 
when I started to amp up my therapy again. So I'm at, I'm, I've been at weekly sessions since I think that point. Okay. I was still really anxious and apprehensive to start my medication. So, cause I was breastfeeding at that point still. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't want it to affect my, I was like, it's going to affect my milk. It's going to affect my milk. It's going to affect mm. my milk. So I didn't, but after that point, I was finally able to let, like, be like, hey, mom, can you babysit? Yeah. So we can, like, go out. Like, there was even one point I went out and had, like, a couple drinks. <laughs> I think at that point he, so about August is when he would have been about, like, seven, eight months. So I went, I left him with Peter, and I went to my girlfriend's bachelorette party because I had set her up with her husband. Yeah. So I was super excited and she's a really close friend of mine, but you know, I was had been pregnant for so long and had a baby and like yeah. all that stuff. But she was having a bachelor party and I wanted to go celebrate with her. So I went and I brought I brought a bottle of wine and I didn't think I was gonna drink it. I was like, okay, like I'll have a glass and she'll have a glass and then like I'll leave by nine o'clock. That did not happen. <laughs> I got there and I was just like we had fun, we had a good time. So by nine thirty, and this is another instance where I like I was kind of like okay, I need to go home, I need to go home, I need to go home. Okay. And then, but after, like, I think drink three, I was like, you know what? He's at home. He's with dad. He's safe. Even if I go home, I've, I'm not going to be comfortable caring for him anyway. Yeah, it's true. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up having, I ended up staying until about 1130. And then I there got home. Go. Yeah, so I, we got home around midnight. and So, yeah, it was around that point that I really was, like, starting to, like, let go. Like, I was like, okay. I, can be, I, I can go out for a bit. And not like be super like worked us the whole yeah. time. Like I was still like, okay, what's he doing? How's he? Yeah, like, of how course. are things doing? But you know, I started at that point, it was like I was slowly starting to let it go. And it was nice that like especially that night, like I that's one of the like that was one night that I went out by myself and I was mm-hmm. like not just a mom. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, and it was like I I had some I had a really good time with some fun girls. And then <laughs> um from that point, I was like, okay, like, you know, the world's not going to, like, burn. Like, it's not going <laughs> to crash and burn if I'm yeah. not, like, the one yeah. immediately getting to my son every single second of every single day. But, you know, when you have those intrusive thoughts and, well, like, yeah. right in the middle of it, it's really hard to, like, it's really hard to, like, see through, like, to sift through the fog and, like. Yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> that's, like, the anxiety, but also, like, maybe, like, the trauma brain not being able to rationalize, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember there was something, I think around September was when you did your, you had done your like forum. Oh, about, the, the panel about, what did we talk about? I think it was like motherhood and trauma or something. Yeah, motherhood and trauma. That's right. Yes, you're right. And I remember there was something you had said in that, because like there were so many things that like I didn't realize like were impacting the way that I was being a mom. Yeah. And it was something you said, there was something you said, and I can't remember it specifically, but like it made, it helped me realize that like the things that I've experienced in my life were impacting the way that I choose mm. to be, a, the, way I cho- I, the way I show up for my son. Yeah. Which was like also kind of emotional. I think I had like a pretty emotional breakthrough with my therapist about it. Like that oh, week. That makes me so like warm inside. Like you that- like unlock something in there like no that's nice to hear like um that panel that we did this is if anyone wants to watch it it's with the uh new brunswick youth and care network you can go on the facebook page and i believe that all of our panels are still there i think you can you can sift through and find it but anyways yeah we talked about uh motherhood and trauma because we were all former youth in care 
And anyways, yeah, I remember you messaging me after and it was like, you were just super emotional and you were like, just saying how much it meant and it made you realize things. And I'm like, oh, I reached somebody. This is so nice. Yeah. And I think, I think I was more open to it anyway, because it was you. Yeah. If it was someone that you didn't know, you, maybe it would be harder. I don't think but it would have been that, Yeah. It was from someone I love and cared about. Right. So. Yeah. So you're like, okay. This is, yeah, this is normal. She's, she's doing, experiencing this too. I can like, we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was able to recognize that like, you know, I'm so um, mindful of the way I show up for him. So like I, you know, I make a conscious effort to like play with him and I make a conscious mm -hmm. effort to be like present and show interest in what he's doing. And that was really important to me. So, you know, but it, it's, I didn't realize like why. So um, a lot of that anxiety and like how, you know, trauma affects your yeah. life. Oh, like, yeah. oh, I dealt with all of it. And it just came back. <laughs> yeah. And we'll definitely have to have an episode dedicated specifically to um, maybe like trauma and motherhood and how that kind of affects everything. Yeah. And not just, not just the newborn stage or those first six months or what have you, but uh, you know, throughout. Overall like, really. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I didn't realize till about that point that I was really struggling and um, how things were impacting, like, the way I was choosing to be a mom and showing up for my son. But at that point, I was really like, okay, well, I need to, like, take it for what it is and really address, like, the elephant mm -hmm. in the room. Um, mm -hmm. In order to be a better mom, I need to do this work, and I need to um, realize that, you know... Um, these intrusive thoughts aren't real and that they're not like I'm doing, I'm creating safe spaces and safe environments for my son to be in and play yeah. in and sleep in. And I'm not doing anything that's gonna, you know, intentionally harm him. And, and like, also one of the things that I've, I've had to learn to like, let to like trust people almost is like, I had to realize like, I'm not letting anyone into my life that I think would intentionally harm my son. So like, that's something I try to carry on like and hold on yeah. to. Yeah. Because I wouldn't allow someone in my life who would intentionally harm him. Yeah, exactly. So even if something happens, like, it wasn't intentional. No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And I have to remember, too, like, people aren't going to care for my son the way that I do. Oh, no. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But, like, if, you know, when he's home with Peter and, you know, maybe Peter doesn't respond the way that I do or, you know, it or like he's not as quick as I am or like, like whatever, whatever, like I'm trying to think of whatever example, yeah. but anyway, that's the beauty of it though. Cause Peter's his father and he's going to create a bond with his, with his son. Yeah. That I don't have. Yeah. No, that's a good way of looking at it. So, and then there was like, it was so funny. We were actually watching Finding Nemo and <laughs> like, at one point I was like, you know what, if he wants to watch something and it keeps his attention and he stops screaming, that's fine. So we were watching Finding Nemo and it was the, I think it was like the end where Marlon was like freaking out because he didn't want anything to happen. Mm. To Nemo. And Dory was like, well, if nothing ever happens to him, then nothing will ever happen mm. or something like that. And it, it just really resonated with me because I was like, you know what? That's true. Like if I try to protect him from every single thing mm -hmm. that ever happens to him, he's never gonna, he's not gonna learn. He's not gonna you know, like he's not going to have those experiences to learn and grow from. So yeah. that really helped me kind of like let go um, and realize like, you know, like 
my mom's not going to do anything to hurt him. Like Peter's mom's not going to do anything to hurt him intentionally. Like they're not going to do anything intentionally to hurt him. Yeah. And like Kelsey and like all the people that I have in my life, like are good people. Yeah. And that's why and they're they in your them. life. Yeah. That's why they're in my life. And like, I love and care for all of these people. And if I thought they were going to cause intentional harm, they wouldn't be here. So it really helps yeah. me to like let go of some of the like in 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 intense anxiety that I was yeah. having. Um, so yeah, it's since, since that realization, I feel like I've come to a very different place. Like I'm, you know, like I said, I'm more mindful and I have, like, I have to be, but, um, <laughs> well, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, it's been easier for me to like go out and do things and like trust people. Like I've, you know, I've even trusted like his godmother to babysit oh. for like two I think there was one point she babysat for like two, three hours almost for us. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was at bedtime and he was yeah. asleep, but, but but still, but still, and she, but I like, and one of the things is, is I trust her. She texted well, me if she needed me, if she had any questions, like, and all that. So, um, but I've gotten to a place now, like, I'm comfortable asking like his godmother or my sister-in-law, like. Or even my aunt, Lin like my aunt Lindsay, like I'm comfortable mm -hmm. asking them because I know that they're going to take care of my son. Yeah, but uh, these are also the people that you're comfortable with. Like these are just the, your people, right? And yeah. you don't have to explain it to anybody else. It's just what you're comfortable with. And yeah, and it took me a long time to get to that place. Like I was very adamant that only my mom or Peter could watch the baby. Right. So it took me a long time to even like expand that little yeah circle. So like the circle's still small. But, but it's, it's not as small yeah. as it was six months ago. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even still, and this is something we'll talk about later on about boundaries. I mean, it, um, it's it's on your terms, right? Because you're his mom. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't you don't ever have to let anybody watch him if you don't want to, but mm -hmm. it's good that like you're starting now and starting to get out of your comfort zone and work through your anxiety, right? Like yeah. it's a big, yeah, it's, it's a big it's thing be a better mom ultimately to my son mm. um, because I'm able to, I had a really hard time actually when I went, I, my anxiety really spiked uh, when I knew I had to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I was dealing with it, dealing with it, dealing with it. But then the thought of going back to work where I was like, Oh my God, he's going to have to like go to like a babysitter or a day home or something like, Oh my God, I was like getting anxious about it. And then Peter, I don't know, timing worked out that Peter got laid off for the season. So he's been home like that. So that's been really like relieving for me. Yeah. Because like it showed me like, okay, the world's not going to end. Cause like, I'm not the one home with him every day. Right. Right. He's still taken care of. He's still fed. He's still yeah. all these things. So I've been able to really let go of like that almost control issue I had. And like, um, all of these other like anxieties that I had about his health and about his <clears throat> just overall well being. Um, so, it's been really nice. And like, I'm able to, you know, you know, I go to work and I do my work and whatever. And I'm also, I also work from home. Um, sometimes I have a little bit more control with my hours, which is nice, but anyway, mm -hmm. that's besides the point. Um, but it's, it's nice that I'm um, able to like come back and like almost find myself again. Cause like yeah. it took a year for me to mm -hmm. feel like me again. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I did not feel like me for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to people, like, I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. I don't mm -hmm. get to do anything. I don't get to, like, everything I do is for my baby. And not that there's anything wrong with that. And, like, 
I loved every minute I got to be with my son, but it was really hard when I wasn't getting to do the things that I liked and the things that yeah. I, liked, like, I liked to do. I didn't get to do that self-care. And I had so much anxiety about leaving the house. Like I had oh, just like anxiety about almost everything really. Yeah. yeah. So it's been nice to like not feel that way after a year. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I still do lots of therapy and <laughs> I don't it's think good I'll that ever you're stop. No, but it's good that you're, you're continuing with it. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, it's funny, actually, my last therapy session, she told me that um, we hit our four year anniversary. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we have, I, I've been doing the hard work for four years and I don't think I'll Yay. be stopping anytime soon. I love that for you. I think it was like the six, like it was around like the five, six month mark for me that I, um, I really even thought to like, not thought, but like, I knew I wanted to check in with you and like, make sure that you were doing yeah. okay. Well, because um, I would have been, you would have been at like the one month mark, I think one or two months in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I so think up to that point you had said, you know, you weren't being like, not that you weren't telling the truth, but like, yeah, because it. I feel like also at that point when you had reached out to me, that was probably when we started becoming closer. Because mm -hmm. so when you started being more honest, it felt like I could be more honest, you know? Yeah. Like you were sharing your stuff. So I was like, okay, I feel like I can share my stuff. Yeah, because I remember um, it was at that point, I think it switched something in me too that I was like, okay, so maybe this isn't like normal, mm. but like also isn't awful if I am experiencing this. Because like, so even in that, like the bond that like we were able to form like, not that we didn't have one before, because, like, we were super, you know, super excited. Like, we were, you know, we were experiencing pregnancy and, like, these this big life-changing thing together. And and I remember we had said, like, before, like, in our pregnancies and stuff, like, you know, if you ever need anything, like, just reach out. <laughs> and, like, mm. and it's so funny that, like, even in that moment, like, yeah. we didn't think to. It's... I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, just a typical thing that people do is, like, reach out if you need anything. But, like, really... We need to take our own advice because we don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, like I was super, super in it. And then like, even like subconsciously, like I knew like the reason that I was reaching out to you so much was like to make sure that you were okay. Um, You were probably looking. Almost for, seeking, yeah, seeking validation. Seeking validation. Exactly. But I remember there was a point because, and I think this was kind of like where we had our turning point mm. and we were like, oh, we need to be honest with each other. Yeah. Because I, I, oh, wait, I think I was saying that everything was fine. Oh, my gosh. Okay, it's bringing me back. It's bringing me back. Um, yeah, you had messaged me, and I was like, oh, you know, typical stuff, and blah, blah, blah. We were talking about the breastfeeding and talking about sleep. And then I think I messaged you back, and I was like, you know what? I wasn't being honest with you. Like, yeah. I'm fucking miserable. I That's, yeah, you're bringing me back now. Okay. Yeah. So there was like, a, there was a couple conversations that we had that were like major turning points for us to be like, okay, like, what the fuck? Yeah, because it's true. Because it, you remember. said like, I'm not sleeping. And you said like, how the, like, how the fuck are you dealing with this? Like, how are yeah. you? Yeah, and I, was I was like, like <laughs> you're like, uh, don't know. Coffee, <laughs> coffee and dreams. <laughs> And you were like, you were like, Kennedy, coffee's not enough. And I no, was like, I know working. it's a placebo. I was like, it's yeah. a placebo. I drink it and pretend that it works. Oh my God. <laughs> and you were like, I can't do this. And I was like, I know, neither can I. I yeah. Like, and we're both just like, okay, so we're running in circles here. We both don't know how to help each other, but at least we're like yeah. relating, you know, like, because yeah. we're both just like, hey, we're, we're both not sleeping. We're both miserable. We're both trying to figure out this whole. I think I literally said to you too, like the bullshit pe thing people always fucking say. 
of sleep when the baby sleeps, but it was like the only piece of advice I could give because it was what I had lived by into that mm, point. Yeah. But oh my, well, at that point, the newborn stage, yes, I feel like you can definitely sleep when the baby sleeps. But like once they get bigger and like making messes and stuff, that's so It's hard. different once they, yeah, once they're getting and they're sleeping less mm -hmm. and you don't have your partner home all the time or yeah. whatever, family yeah. around. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, that's, that's just not true. <laughs> Yeah. So I think there was like, there had been a couple conversations that we had where we were finally like being honest. And I remember like just reaching out to you and saying like, you know, I'm here if you need anything. And if you want to talk, like I'm here, like I'm in the middle of it too. Like, it's okay. And then you said, and then you were talking about wedding planning. You were like, oh yeah, like breastfeeding and you know, this and that and wedding planning. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, how does she still want to marry Brandon? <laughs> Stella loves him. Like, am I, <laughs> am I, am I broken? Like what's wrong with me? Um, Oh, that's funny. And then I think, and then I, I kind of kept that initial comp, like that initial thought to myself. And I think we were talking again a few days later and I said to you, I, I, I shared the thought with you and you were like, oh my God, no, like we yeah. got our, No, no, no. Honest. I was like, yeah. Cause you were like, how are you guys managing? I think you asked me like how, like, you know, do you not want to kill him or whatever? Yeah, how I, do you want to marry him still? Like, are you like, how are you guys handling it? And I was like, honey, yeah. <laughs> it's not what it seems. <laughs> yeah. We're still getting married because we paid thousands of dollars to all these vendors. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I oh love you, babe. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, because I remember like that. Because at that point, I was like, we were really in the, like, we we're really in the thick of it. And I was just like not having a good time with him. Mm -hmm. and, and that probably didn't that help it. your, well, that probably didn't help your anxiety and depression either. Right. Because that's, that's your, your person. So. Yeah. And like I said, we, I just felt so disconnected from them for a bit there. And then that was really when I realized, like, okay, maybe this isn't all sunshine and rainbows. And, like, um, yeah, so, like, the health scare that he did have, like, it almost validated that something could go wrong if I wasn't, like, focused and, like, being so anxious and, like, all that. So, um, like, if I wasn't being, like, hyper aware and, like, if I wasn't being so anxious and, like, protective almost that like something, something like that could happen again. Um, so like it almost validated that, that anxiety, it was hard. That would make it even, you would kind of just um, backtrack in a way. Yeah, I really feel like that's what happened. I feel like I did backtrack because it just, it like sent my anxiety through the roof. And I know that there was um, a lot of people, like a lot of people kind of took it personal and it was really hard. Like I didn't have, like, I felt like I had to explain myself almost. And um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, like I, I but it, you know, like when you started opening up to me, I feel like that was kind of when we had, well, I know that I had a bit of a like shift in my reality because I was like, oh, well, maybe this isn't all sunshine and rainbows mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. Um, like for me, I don't know where I, I don't know where to begin, but I feel like for me, my experience was, it was similar to yours, but in the same way, like I feel uh, like opposite because I didn't enjoy the newborn phase at all. So, like, unpopular opinion. Haha. <laughs> -ha. um, the newborn phase is not always fun for everybody. Not everyone can enjoy it or does enjoy it. For me, it wasn't enjoyable. Um, and that was because of my postpartum struggles mainly. But there's a lot of other factors, too. The reason why I didn't enjoy the newborn phase. But I'll just get into how I experienced my postpartum. And also what would have contributed to that. And I know this now reflecting back and through therapy is just a lot of my trauma that would have like really enhanced it. 
and specifically childhood trauma. I mean, there's different types of trauma that can, you know, come out when you have a baby, but definitely childhood trauma can be one that is really hard to navigate when you have a child of your own. So anyways, I initially didn't realize like, of course, when you're going through something, you don't realize how traumatic it can be until after, right? Until you're, you kind of get through it and can process it. So I didn't realize how traumatic my birth was. And it's probably the same for you because you're just kind of getting day by day and you have someone to take care of and keep alive. So all of my energy and focus was on her, but um, I just experienced, you know, birthing a child, first of all, which is super crazy to bring a baby into this world that you carried for nine months. Um, but also it was just very traumatic of how it went, right? I didn't have a good experience and I was still healing physically. Like I was in a lot of pain. I could barely move. I was barely eating. Like I was trying to figure out breastfeeding, which is a topic that we will talk specifically more about later on because there's so much to unpack there about breastfeeding. But you got that right. <laughs> yeah. So with breastfeeding, you have to feed your baby more often too. Uh, sleep is not, I feel like wasn't even a thing for, like I know for a while sleep was uh, one thing that enhanced my anxiety and was a struggle, but definitely those first few weeks, it was just, well, a lot of the time it was just her wanting to be near me, not even to breastfeed, but just, it seemed like she just wanted to be, you know, held or on me, yeah. which is normal. Yeah. But anyway, so a lack of sleep, um, trying to process everything that I had just been through and this baby. And um, yeah, I like I said, I wasn't thinking more so about myself and taking care of myself. So I wasn't eating as much as I should have. And Brandon was kind of like feeding me. And I felt like I was like just hibernating up in my master bedroom for a while. Like I just had a setup up there and I like barely came downstairs for a while. I can't imagine how that anxiety would have felt too. Like and how isolating it could have been. And then also in the middle of it all, trying to plan a wedding. And yeah, there was just a lot going on. And mm -hmm. so what people don't talk about either is like that drop in hormones. And I didn't know this until after again, because I was educated on it only after. But that drop in hormones, just like, holy shit. I don't know. All your emotions are more exacerbated because of that because of all the, the hormones dropping and your body changing. And I was just, I was super anxious. I was feeling super depressed and I've faced depression before. So I know what it feels like. And like I had said prior, I educated myself like you did. I read up on things. I knew all the warning signs. I spoke to Brandon about the warning signs, but still it was not what I had expected. Like it was just not what I had read up on or thought, what have you, but it was just um, something so different in itself. And when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to kind of see the out the other side. Yeah, it's really hard when you're like in the middle of it. And then like, when really you thought you prepared for it as best as you could. And like you, you know, warn the people in your life that are close mm -hmm. to you what the warning signs are. And like to have it still kind of rock your world is Oof. like... Just really hard. Every day was just hard to, to like, I feel like I was just getting by. I felt like I was just in a complete fog. I was on autopilot, you know? Sometimes it's just like you go on autopilot and you're just getting by and you just can't even process anything around you. And anyways, I feel like that's what was happening. I was just, but I was just miserable. I would just be like, I would hysterically cry. Like I would, I would bawl my eyes out. I remember 
holding Evie and just crying hysterically. And like, I would, I was feeling like an over sense of protection for her and I didn't know how to do it, you know? And I was, I thought I was, I was trying my best, like the best I could to, you know, love her and enjoy her and embrace her being here, but I just couldn't. And it's maybe hard for people to hear, but I just could not feel happy. Like I just didn't feel happy. I wasn't feeling joy. I wasn't feeling all those those happy emotions having my baby. Like I knew I loved her and I knew I had to protect her. It was just, there was just so many emotions that were coming to the forefront that was, I guess, maybe hiding those good emotions, you know? So yeah, I was just not feeling any type of joy. So me and Brandon were on two different worlds. I was miserable um, and he was feeling all this joy for her and his new baby and wanting to just show her off to everybody because he felt so proud where I wanted to keep her close and I didn't want to be around anybody because I was scared of the world. Like the world just, again, felt unsafe to me as it did as I, when I was a child. So all of that, and this is something I learned through therapy. It's not like I had this awakening during my depression, <laughs> but like I know now through therapy yeah. that everything, you know, was just feeling unsafe. So I definitely wish now that I would have waited for people to come meet her. I thought I was going to wait. I initially thought I would wait a week or so and give myself some time. But anyways, um, I had visitors um, almost immediately and that just, it, you know, made the anxiety worse. I just having people hold her and have so much so much excitement around her and take pictures of her and all of that was just like awful for me. I just could not wait for it to be over. And when they would leave, I would just be crying and having an anxiety attack. So obviously that's not normal. Like there's something wrong clearly. And Brandon's not understanding why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling because he's like, what? Like, this is great. Everyone's happy. She's being loved and I love her. And um, so we're on just two different, two on different, two different ways. Yeah. So two different spectrums of, you know, how we're feeling about her. And he just obviously couldn't understand how I was feeling. And that's um, not his fault. I mean, yeah. like, how, he he can't understand what I'm thinking. I find but, Brandon's also very social. Yeah, well, he's someone who is, he likes to be around people and stuff. So just having some, you know, his new baby, of course, he wants to like, show her off to everyone else and experience all that joy with everyone else. But yeah, I wasn't the baby blues, like everyone was asking me. I had so many, I had so many people asking me um, if I was experiencing baby blues and stuff. And I just had to immediately shut it down because one, I wasn't ready to talk about what I was going through. And two, like it just felt like I was being invalidated, like I had said before. Yeah. So me and Brennan had many different struggles. Like I would say within like a first, the, that first month of just not understanding each other. And I had my family come and visit and I felt a little bit more, I definitely felt more comfortable around them, but also they're my family um, and they're my people, right? Like I have different connections with my family or my close friends and I would, than I would with like Brandon's family or his friends or what have you. I would say within the first month, you know, I was, I was struggling and I don't know what, what happened that, you know, made Brandon say this, but he was like, I think you need to go back to counseling. And of course I immediately wanted to be like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> you know being offended yeah because yeah, he's like you're miserable and you're just gonna keep being miserable and like do you want to live do you want it to be this way like long term like, you're never gonna feel joy is this what you want you know but obviously he was saying it in a more gentle way mm-hmm. um and I was like you know I had to come around to it and I was like you're right I can't live this way like and then I remember 
I don't know what it's like for you in Nova Scotia, but a lactation consultant, you see one after like a week after giving mm-hmm. birth. So she had reached out to me and she's actually, her husband plays on the same hockey team as my husband. So we had that connection and it's a small town. So like her name was brought up by like my, my close friend and whatnot about her being like, you know, pretty amazing and stuff. So anyways, she had reached out um, to see how I was doing and to make an appointment. And I don't know what it is. Like when someone just like asks how you're doing, says something that, you know, just hits and like normalizes what you're feeling. But I had like, you know, when you have that like lump in your throat where you just want to just like start crying and be like, oh my God, like I just want to, you know, you just want to like vent and tell this person like everything you're going through. Um, I had just that overwhelming feeling and I was like, okay, like definitely I, I need to, to talk to more people about this. Um, something is wrong and I need to reach out for help to the people that could help me. So I kind of shared a little bit with her and she was like, okay, you're going to come see me right away. Anyways, I went to see her and um, I mean, she initially was, you know, there to provide me with support for breastfeeding or whatever in terms of feeding and stuff like that and weighing the baby. But she was, was also helping me with everything else, like how it was doing. Um, and she basically gave me the task. She was like, you're going to reach out to your nurse practitioner. Um, I'm going to backtrack i started seeing my nurse practitioner like whatever it was two days after or five days after evie was born to get weighed and she was asking how i was doing and all that and i lied to her and said i was fine and i said you know typical stuff not sleeping blah blah blah, but i'm fine anyway so the lactation consultant she was like you know you need to reach back out to her and talk about medication because i brought it up i was like i wonder if i should consider going back on medication i haven't been on medication in years like it had been years anyway so Um, And she's like, also, you're going to make an appointment for a therapist. And she gave me a few names of people. Um, She's like, next time I see you, like, I want to hear, you know, that you did this. But, and I think I needed that. Usually I'm not. to hold you accountable. Usually I'm not good with people telling me what to do. No. no. (laughs) But I'm like, but I was like, at that point, I think I, yeah, like I needed someone to hold me accountable and give me like a task. Um, Yeah, I needed that push. I don't think Brandon, Mm -hmm. you know, pushing me was enough because he's someone that is, I don't know, that I'm close to. So it's like easy to kind of brush him off. But when it's someone else, that's like, you know, you need to do this. So um, I reached out to my nurse practitioner and we tried some medication. And um, I had those names and numbers for people that she gave me of referrals. But I also did some research on my own. So I was on like Instagram and stuff. And I started following accounts that seemed to like resonate with what I was going through and this account shared the name of a therapist who specializes in postpartum and that she was taking new clients. And I was like, this is my chance. So I reached out to her and I think this was in like, I don't know, it must've been and just, it was, I just think it was just a couple of weeks after I'd given birth and she made me an appointment. And, um, not long after, I think it was like June, I started therapy. Uh, I'm always, and this was a new therapist. Like I had a therapist prior, but I had stopped seeing her and I was afraid. I didn't want to reach back out to her because although I loved her and she did help me through a lot, she, and I hate to say this, but she, like, she didn't have kids. Um, she didn't want kids and like, she was really good on like trauma and anxiety and all that stuff, but she didn't really specialize in postpartum. And I wanted someone that was just that, but also this therapist like did, you know, trauma and childhood trauma, the anxiety, uh, all that stuff, plus postpartum. So that's what I needed, right? I needed both. Yeah, you someone who specialized in what you were going through. Exactly. So um, I met with her and wanted to make sure like I could connect with her because I feel like that's important is to have a good 
what's the word I'm looking for? Rapport. Rapport. Yeah. Good rapport with your therapist. I mean, you're not going to get Well, you're not going to get that, I guess, in the first session, but you're going to feel if you're going to connect with that person, right? Like you kind of know right away if this is going to be a good fit. Yeah. um, We started seeing each other like weekly and oh, wow. It just made such a difference learning why like I was feeling the way I was feeling and the thoughts I was having because I also was having intrusive thoughts and I was having constant anxiety. And at this point, the depression was getting better. It was more so the anxiety that was coming out at this point. So she helped me understand, you know, the way the way I was feeling and that it was normal. Um, and she validated me, but also like, you know, gave me a lot of things to do to kind of cope. And um, for me, things for me and Brandon to do so that he could understand why I was the way I was and the way I was, my brain was working and the way I was thinking, the way that I was reacting, because to him, it was so bizarre. So it was just really helpful that she did that we even had like a session together like me and brandon did a session together that's that's incredible yeah it was really awesome she had suggested it and i was like yes please (laughs) like (laughs) explain to him how my brain works because i can't i kind of wish that i had like i had a really like i have a really great relationship with my with my therapist and i was very fortunate that like she went on maternity leave so like Mm -hmm. she returned to work and she was working from home she's able to relate because she's been like going through it too right almost like alongside each other too yeah Um, no kidding but i wish that like you know peter and he's not like he's not very (laughs) open to like like getting him to talk to me is like pulling teeth so like so sharing I, his emotions is not something that he would like loves to do, I guess. No, like it would not be, but I think it would have been beneficial for someone who's like a professional to like break it down for him to be like, this is yes. why Kennedy is the way she is right now. And yeah. um, I think it would have gave, given him some more insight on why I was the way I was for so long and like that it wasn't anything that he was necessarily doing, but like it could have helped him like maybe support me a little bit better. Um, and like understand like me a little bit yeah. better. So I kind of yeah. wish that was something that we had done. Well, I mean, it's always something you could still do. And through therapy, I asked her or she asked, I don't remember, but she was sending me stuff for him to read. So she would yeah. send me like articles or send me podcasts or send me um, homework for us to do together. Cause I was like, we were on two different like wavelengths. Right. So it really helped to have her, Um, provide that insight and help get him on the same page so um that definitely helped us because we like for us too we were definitely in a riff um we had been together for eight years at this point and we thought (laughs) we've been through a lot so we thought that we would have this in the bag (laughs) but it's oh my gosh having a baby um is a a whole new ballgame right? It's a whole new challenge for your relationship, no matter how long you've been together. Yeah, because you're always gonna, like, especially when you come from a different, like, like, I don't, it's hard to explain, but like, where you come from different backgrounds. Yes, yes, exactly. My experience, like my family background and my culture, my culture background is so different from Peter's, like, he, like his, he had a very small concept of family, I have a very large concept of family. So, it was always, it's, I find it's going to be, it's going to be interesting anyway, because I find we're all, like, we're always going to have different opinions on things, mm-hmm. and we're always going to have different values and different right. um, stances on 
on things like, like boundaries and all that. So yes, same. Um, Brett and I are definitely very different in that as well. And it was something that we had to learn and something that helped through therapy. There were some exercises that we had done that helped Brandon understand his childhood compared to mine. Um, Although he knows all my trauma and everything, but there was something that we did together where we step-by-step kind of talked about our upbringing and our family, our childhood, our our homes. Um, And we also did an exercise and maybe I'll just explain it. So maybe people out there would want to do this with their partner themselves because it's very simple, very easy to do. You basically, it's like a small little circle that has just, it says me. And then you have a li- another circle around that circle. And then another one, another one, another one, right? So there's like five maybe. And you start putting people into these circles, like names of people as you as you would have them, like closest to you, farther away, whatever. So we did that. He did, he did his own, I did my own. And then we came together and explained who was in our circles, why certain people were closer to me than others were. Um... And then that could help him understand why I was comfortable with certain people more than I would like even in my my own circle of like close family friends whatever people that I can trust um and I think also you have to cons- like she told me to consider like anyone that I would trust or anyone that I consider close to or care about to put in these circles so um we both kind of explained like why certain people were closer to the me circle and all that stuff and he was like oh okay well that makes sense like you know, this is why I don't, you know, maybe this person in your family is all the way out here and this person in my family is here. This is why I'm so much more comfortable with them than, and this is, you know, and like, look at my circles. Do I have this person in my circle? No, that's why I'm not comfortable around them with my baby. He's like, oh, okay. So because this is still like relatable to, to where I was going, but my anxiety with a lot about like other people being around my baby. And like I said, for you, you know, you said it was a lot about um, COVID, but also that was a crutch for you. I wasn't much so afraid about the whole COVID thing and that, I mean, obviously people were washing their hands and being careful with hygiene and stuff like that and not coming around if they're sick. Um, but my space and people coming into my space, people being around my baby, people holding my baby, it was like, it just felt so unsafe to me. Like I just, I would have immediate anxiety if I knew someone was coming over if someone came over and didn't ask you know didn't call before um when people were holding her or whatever just everything was giving me anxiety understanding why i was you know having that anxiety about that and how i could control it and what i can do about it how can how i can walk myself through it um all those things helped like in therapy and I feel like it'd be nice to like have an episode dedicated specifically to motherhood and trauma. I think we've talked about this before because it definitely affects how you are as a mom when you've had like your own experience of trauma, any kind of trauma, but especially childhood trauma. So that's really affected me as a parent um, and how I'm, you know, being as a mom and how I see the world now and all that stuff. Um, I didn't realize this, you know, prior. I didn't think, I didn't have any education on this and maybe like, again, it would have been nice to be a little bit more educated on how that would come out as I, you know, began motherhood that, you know, my childhood trauma would really, really be at the forefront in everything I was doing. So anyways, um, it was definitely getting better and I was able to create boundaries and limitations and I had to verbalize that and Brandon had to verbalize that to people again this will be a specific episode in itself about boundaries because oof that's something to navigate in itself right we both know that oh yeah yes we do (laughs) 
<laughs> we've shared our our thoughts, opinions, experiences, etc. on boundaries. And uh, it's my favorite topic. I love talking about Same. boundaries. <laughs> Your next one will be boundaries. Oh my god, let's do that. Okay, next episode, guys, is going to be a boundaries. So just just wait. Oh, there's so stay much. Tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. So um, that all helped. Um, I mean, therapy is just definitely a lifesaver. It really is. And I I find so many people are scared of it or like, I don't want to say threatened, but like they're intimidated by well, it. Well, yeah, it is intimidating because you have it to like tell your, what, your, your life. life story. <laughs> essentially but people think that like you're gonna like what you're gonna go on your first session and like you're gonna tell them about like your childhood no. and like all that no and like you know it's what? not necessarily that no and i didn't it took yeah. like four or five it sessions for me to get in that she's like you know what maybe you should share your like you, do you want to get into that um but yeah like it, we didn't get into that right away it was more so just me trying to like you know survive the all the stuff yeah. that I was in at that point and then we kind of got into that after once I was ready yeah anyways yeah so it was definitely getting better and when you asked prior that or how I still wanted to get <laughs> how I went through with the wedding <laughs> <laughs> so like I said I started therapy in June and we got married at the end of July so I had some time <laughs> Um, but also, oh, <laughs> also I prepared myself where we did everything basically prior to the baby being born because we knew that things weren't going to be simple. You know, we weren't going to have all this free time when she came. So we did a lot of the stuff prior to her being born. And Brandon was also off work for like two months when, after she was born. So that like, like you said, Having your partner home for those like that first month, first two months is amazing because it's just someone to share the load with. Although like we weren't sharing the mental load, at least we were sharing that like physical load where I could go back to sleep and he could be up with her and um, feed her a bottle or whatever. Like he could get up and change her diaper and then I would feed her and we were able to share that and kind of get into our own routine. Um, so that was helpful. And I was kind of nice to have the wedding to focus on as well because it's not like I was forgetting what I was going through, but I had something to look forward to. And the fact that my baby was going to be part of that brought me joy. You know, it kind of brought me back. Um, it was something exciting to look forward to and have family here and all that. So, um, I mean, the wedding went great. It was a beautiful day. And yeah, that kind of brought me and Brennan back also. Like it brought us back together um, on the same page and, you know, reminded us about a lot of things that we maybe we'd forgotten about, you know, our love for each other, whatever. I mean, it's not like we ever questioned if we were going to break up or anything like that, but it was just, you kind of forget, right? Sometimes what matters and when you're in the throw of it. Oh, trust me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like earlier I said to him, I was like, th th I was not nice because I had threw the comments at him like, um, like, do you want to get married to me? Because like, you know, I just kind of like throw those jabs like, we're getting married. So like, like get with the program. Yeah, almost. no, but I mean, so the summer also was a, you know, the, the weather's nicer. You're, yeah, you're that getting, makes such a difference. Yeah. You get out you you have a reason to get out more. So I started walking a lot more with her. Um, I got out and nature is one thing for me that really brings me back and brings me some peace. So I was making an effort of the days that I felt rested and felt good to get out, or I would even push myself to just get out and walk down the street or something to get air. Cause I feel like for me anyways, once I get out um, outside, I just oh, I immediately feel better. Um, that also helped because Brandon went back to work and that was hard because it was, you know, basically all me 
And at one point, Renee was like, do you want me to come down there? Like, I will come down <laughs> for like a week or two and help you. Um, because I had eventually opened up to her about how I was doing. I was like, so FYI, I'm not doing okay. You know, because I was, I'm someone who hides. If I'm going through something and I'm having a hard time, I often hide it from my family because I don't want them to worry about me. Like, I've always been the one to carry everything and take care of everyone else. So it's really hard for me to admit when something's wrong. It's a lot of responsibility yeah. in the sense of like, okay, like I have to make sure everything's okay. Exactly. And I, I have to be strong for everybody else. So anyways, yeah. opening up to her and um, people close around me really helped so, just so they could understand how I was doing and what I was going through. And um, it was nice to have people check in on me after that, you know, like to see how I was doing and making sure I was okay. And I just felt like I could be more honest. I felt... After like maybe the first like three months, I didn't feel like so much in an autopilot. I do feel like the first six months are a fog. <laughs> um, I mean, Evie's nine months now and I feel like it just started getting better when she turned six months. So the first six months were just getting by, you know, like there was so much to navigate and learn. And now I'm enjoying things much more and... I'm able to reflect back now, although it feels like a lifetime ago because I'm doing so much better and I feel like I'm in a better place. It's just like, oh my God, like we went through all of that. Like it just feel, yeah, it feels so long ago, but it's not. It's really not. Hey, like it, it, people tell you like the year goes by so fast, but like it also feels like a lifetime has. Yes. And passed. I will say that there's a lot of comments that are not helpful when you're going through um, the newborn phase and when you become a mom and you're talking to people, there's definitely comments that don't help. Like people always say, oh, it goes by so fast, you know, just enjoy it, take every moment in. And I felt so much guilt that I wasn't. Like, why was I not feeling joy? Why was I wanting those first few months or why was I wanting time to go by faster so that it would get easier? Like I was feeling so much guilt about it. Um, but I mean, now, obviously, I'm like, wow, it did go by fast. Although every day felt like like it was going on forever because you're just miserable, right? You're just getting day by day by day. But there was just, yeah, like, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps. Um, enjoy it all now because it only gets worse. Or there was just a lot of, you know, comments that were not helpful. And I hope that we continue to get better as, as a society with like- And just to learn how to support new moms better than just to tell them like all of the things that they don't have to look forward to. Like there's a lot to look forward to about being a mom. Like as as hard as it is, like, yes, there was, there's also a lot that I've enjoyed. Like, well, yeah, there is so much that I've enjoyed. And yeah, looking- like I mean, I don't want everyone to think that I was like a miserable fucking bitch with my baby. Like no, no, for no. The, <laughs> like I like I'm just being like real. No. Yeah, real and wrong. Like your but your mental health yes. is like it was it was challenging. Yeah. But like so many people will have such a negative twist on it to be like it it gets worse. Like it doesn't get sometimes it doesn't get worse. <laughs> this though. is sometimes the worst. This get, is the worst. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it gets better. But I mean to tell someone it gets worse is just like I feel like someone else's way of getting out of that uncomfortable conversation or something. Like, I don't know, but it's just so invalidating. You know, there it I feel like it gets better. Like, although for some people maybe it doesn't, maybe it does get harder or whatever. But for me, it did eventually get better. Um, but that's because I also had to take accountability for my situation too, right? I couldn't just expect for it to get better. I couldn't just wait for it to get better. I had to reach out to a therapist and I had to be honest about how I was feeling with my partner and I had to, um, you know, 
for me, I, I needed to go back on medication and all these things. I needed to continue with therapy. I had to, you know, be consistent with it and do the things that my therapist was telling me to do. Um, I feel like a lot of it, you know, is about taking responsibility for your own mental health, but I definitely wasn't so, like miserable every single day. Like there was, there was days that or moments, you know, where she would do certain things like that I would just feel so much joy for. And I would just like be holding her and staring at her and just like an overwhelming sense of like awe, right? Like looking at this person that you created and but also just like feeling like, oh my God, like a sense of security for this baby as well. Like just feeling like you need to protect them. And um, it's just a lot to navigate. Um, also, I did a lot of like reading. I started reading again because that helps me, I find as well, when I read books that resonate or validate what I'm going through. And it's just a way to like take a moment to yourself too, right? Like when you can. <laughs> There's a book out there that probably many people have heard of or read and it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And I recommend that book to anyone who has been through any kind of trauma. It is just super helpful. It explains how your brain works and why your how your brain affects how your body works and how your body responds to trauma, especially when you have like when trauma is layered, like when you have different types of trauma. Anyways. Multifaceted. I don't know. It's some yeah. So anyway, it's it explains all of that. And I found this book really, really helped understand. And it, for me anyways, it, it made me understand myself more. And then I could have also explained it to other people around me. Um, anyways, I feel like I'm still navigating postpartum. The postpartum anxiety is still a challenge. It's a daily challenge. Um, something that, you know, may affect me for a while. Maybe eventually it'll get easier and it'll kind of trickle away. I mean, I definitely understand myself better with therapy and I know ways to cope. And But anyways, um, it's just really good to continue with therapy because there's always things that will come up even though you feel like you have it down now with all your techniques that you've learned, like things will come up as your baby grows and develops and as you love them more, because I feel like I love her more and more every month. Like I grow, my love grows for her. It's crazy. And I will say this, I don't know. When I met her, like when she came out of my belly, like I, I mean, I knew I loved her and I knew I cared for her. I knew I needed to protect her and um, meet her needs and all of that. But there was so much, like I said, that was coming at the forefront that I didn't feel that it was more so of that like protective love and like surviving or whatever. So it was nice when that that love, love, like that embraced love came over um, for her and like it just grew and grew. And as she did little things of like looking at me and smiling or looking at like holding your face and like looking into your eyes yes. like so lovely right like it's so sweet there's just all those little things and I found those little things would bring me back like when I was in the thick of it because I was feeling like I said I was feeling so much guilt that I wasn't happy and I wasn't feeling joy and you know I'm like am I is this affecting her you know like it was really scary it was scaring me if this is what it was going to be like forever and obviously it wasn't going to last forever but when you're in it it feels like it's going to never end right and I mean, now, like, it's just so much better and it's so much, it's so fun, you know, like, there's just so much things that she's doing that it's just incredible to watch. Like, so it's, yeah, it's incredible to see, like, these little humans that were, like, so tiny that they couldn't hold their head and that they couldn't even feed themselves. And now they're, like, trying to walk and, like, crawling around and I know. pulling themselves up on stuff and, like, trying to talk and oh, like, all this and so crazy. I mean, it's something that we will talk about later on about 
our comfort levels and our boundaries and all of that. But um, I definitely had lots of anxiety when it came to um, leaving her alone with people and who would watch her and stuff, just as you did. I mean, I obviously felt comfortable with Brandon. Um, it took me a while to kind of find, you know, how I could um, allow her along with people that I was comfortable with. So that's still something that I'm working through. I mean, my sister is somebody that I don't have to like question anything with. I mean, like, I mean, she can come here and pick up Evie and go wherever or take Evie and do something with. And I'm not going to be like, whoa, like, excuse me, you didn't ask, but she's not near me. Like she lives about three hours away. So, you know, it's that kind of sucks. Yeah, I think I'd mentioned I'm still not like super comfortable with a lot of people like babysitting him. Like I've, I've I have a handful of people that I'm like comfortable to ask and that I trust. Like yeah, same. Um, I'm already out of my comfort zone asking people to babysit him for like any length of time. Mm-hmm. I haven't done. I have overnight yet. I don't think I'm quite ready to like not literally be in the same house as him. Overnight. Yeah, um, um, I was just gonna mention. I forgot to mention that. I was like, that's funny because like me and you are on two different wavelengths with that. Like where I've left her alone what was it like two nights with my mom and Renee and this was in I don't know like November when me and Brenna went on our like little vacation thing yeah your little honeymoon yeah so that was like a test (laughs) but I didn't like worry it was so weird I did not worry about her I mean I did check in but I I did I did pretty well so that showed me that like again she wasn't gonna die and (laughs) she was okay and taken care of and yeah there's still like a handful of people that I'm only comfortable with that I'll I'll ask um or allow for a certain amount of time. But I'm definitely proud of myself that I'm doing that, that I'm allowing people to, besides like Brandon or my sister to watch her. Yeah, because I didn't think I would. Like that first couple of months, I was like, I'm never leaving her alone with anyone ever. <laughs> this is never happening. And my therapist was like, you don't have to, Tara. Like this is the beautiful thing about you being Evie's mom is you don't have to do anything you don't want to do with that baby ever because you're her mom. You know what's best for her. And right now she's just a baby. Like you say what goes, right? Like it's you're going to want people around her that you feel safe with that you connect with that you're comfortable with like you know so yeah arguably like my mom is probably like one of the people funnily enough that i trust the most with him because like she's been with us like for the whole year so she knows our routine she knows what like what he's like she knows what to do like i mean she's a really you've been living with her so she knows everything yeah Yeah. yeah i've been living with her so she knows and like all of our stuff is at her like is at her house right now so i trust her to know like what he's dealing with or what he's going through but i'm still not comfortable like i have a lot of anxiety around cars i still have a lot of like fear about people driving him yeah like i i'm not comfortable yet with other people driving him around okay um like it, it's near peter and um and like you're not in in that situation like you're not going to be there right if someone else was in the car with him and something happened or whatever like you're not yeah like especially like for me going like in the car with him after everything that happened like that was really hard for me um i had like i sat in the back with him for like a month i think okay yeah like i think even when we went up for your wedding i would i think i sat in the car for like 90 percent of the drive that's understandable and that's what made you feel at ease right or what's worked for you Mm -hmm. and but yeah and it's like for me what i whatever i can control is what makes me feel at ease you know so like yeah and that's something i can control exactly but um it, it took me a long time just trust that like Peter was looking out for the things that I was looking out for right but one of the things that um you had kind of mentioned that you said like that that therapy session really helped um like Brandon realize like where you were and like mm. why you were feeling the way you were feeling so there were so many things that like 
exacerbated like my situation, especially like where, you know, I was going through postpartum and I was having mental health issues and I was living with my mom and, uh, you know, my relationship was kind of not like, I don't want to say it was struggling, but like we were just having well, yeah. a hard time. Yeah. But we were, we were having a hard time. Like there was no, you know, there was no moment throughout all of it that I didn't love them, but there was just so much other stressors that were like out of my control and mm -hmm. um, all of this stuff that was going on. So it was so on top of it, like isolating because I was like depressed and anxious and I didn't want to leave my baby and I didn't want to, you know, go into situations that I couldn't be in control of or like. No, I, I understand um, that for sure. And like I, I think I mentioned before, like Peter was working like the 12 hour shifts and, you know, I was just kind of begging him. I felt well, I'm not begging him, but like I was like pleading with him just to be like try to understand where I was coming from yeah. because I was home by myself all day, yeah, with a baby crying. And oh, yeah, that's so hard. And then like not talking, not getting to see my friends, not getting mm. to talk to people. And it took so long for him to like not he was supportive and he supported like he supported me as best as he could with what he knew. Yes, because I sometimes wonder too, like I said. I think I said before, like, I kind of wonder how much he struggled almost like feeling like he, he lost a bit of me too. Uh, like, yeah, that's a good point. But that's, that's a whole other, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into relationships a other, is a whole other, yeah, thing. a whole other thing. But um, it, so it's crazy now, like I'm back to work and I'm finally feeling like a little bit like myself again. And he's been home with the baby for two months now. Mm. So your and roles are reversed. <laughs> So the roles have reversed. So he's home. He, I, I've noticed that he's been having like a little bit of a hard go because yeah. like that sense of like toxic masculinity, let's just right. say it for what it is. Like he thinks that because he's home, he's not being like a useful provider or whatever. Uh -huh. And that's not true. Um, I told him like, you're saving us like $450 a month in childcare. Yeah. If like you want me to put it into perspective yeah. for you, plain and yeah, simple. And you are providing in your own way. Like being a stay at home parent is a job in itself. <laughs> and I guess, I don't know if it was like, I, I think at a certain point I had a bit of, I did have a lot of resentment towards him because he was getting to go out and he had adult conversations. Exactly. And like he got to be himself. Exactly. And I was at home and I was being a mom all day, every single day. And like, you know, yeah. it was so nice. I had like, I had some really great friends like that worked nearby that would come over for lunch and like, just help me feel like a human again. Mm -hmm. And so there was just so many things that like went through my mind in the, in the year, like trying to, you know, fill everyone else's cup, but like, lo and behold, I'm pouring from an empty glass. hundred oh, percent. That's such a good point to make. And I feel like, I don't know if I already mentioned this, but the type of isolating feeling you feel is something I, it's so bizarre. Like I've never felt so alone in my life. Like yeah. so alone, so misunderstood, so yeah. depleted, Yeah, you know, like you said, you're doing everything for everybody else. You're making sure yeah. everyone else's needs are met and trying to um, uphold your relationship. Yeah. That's it. And that's tough. It's, and it was so hard. A lot of it was that we were fighting and I remember like just trying to help him understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling and why I was doing things. That I was, yeah. Like trying to explain myself to him. Cause I'm like, I'm not trying to be like a yeah. psycho. Like, but, like no, I'm, I don't want to feel this way. Like, do you think I want to feel this way? Do you yeah, think like, I'm I don't enjoying feel, this? <laughs> yeah, like I'm not enjoying this. I'm anxious and I feel like nobody understands where I'm coming from. And yeah, and no one is going to understand where I'm coming no, from because no, no one's will. experiencing what I'm experiencing. Well, no one's in but, your head, right? No one's ever going to yeah, understand. Exactly. Yeah. And I, so he said to me the other night, he was like, Kennedy, you're stronger than I am. 
Oh. And I was like, what? And he was like, I've been a stay-at-home parent for two months now. And because you did this for a year. Yeah, I did this for a year and you're still like... And he was like, you did this for a year and all you asked for was like more attention. And it was funny because I think it was... Your, your friend who opened the boutique. Yeah, Vanessa. She had like a poll on her Instagram. <laughs> it was like, what can dads or like other people like do to help stay at home moms or something? And I was like, just give them a little attention. Because like everyone's so, I find everyone so quick. Like when my mom would get home from work, she'd be like, oh, can I, like, I'll take the baby. Like if you want to do something or like, and then Peter would come home. And he's like, oh, like, I'll take the baby. I'll take the baby. And I was like, I just want to hug. Like, so oh, just hug. oh my gosh. Okay. This is something I wanted to talk about that I forgot. Um, it's so true because everyone forgets about us yes. after we have a baby. All of I feel like there's so much attention on us when we're pregnant, you know? Yes. Oh, everyone's like feeling your what belly. What do you need? What do you need? What Don't do you oh, need? sit down. I got it. Don't even worry about it. No, 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 no. Don't move. Take care of mm-hmm. yourself. Um, whatever. Wow. When the baby comes, it's like, who the fuck are you? Like, give me this baby. Give me that baby. And like, you can just sit in the corner. Yeah. And, and like, good luck over there uh, recovering and being miserable. Like, whatever yeah how crazy is it that things are so different yeah once we have the baby that like no one cares about what we need it's just all about giving this baby attention while we're over here like i just made that i just deliver i just brought that into the world and i'm Mm -hmm. help me like hello struggling especially when some of those people are mothers themselves i'm like did you forget you went through this like hello Give me some compassion here. And I remember, I think it was Brandon's dad. He like looked at me and he was like, give me a hug. And every time he would see me, like for those first couple of weeks, he would just hug me. He would hug me right away. And I'm like, it's just nice. Well, it's just nice from someone outside, you know, like to do that, to like show you that kind of like affection or attention and it to be not immediately Mm -hmm. and all about the baby. Um, And same with like my sister when she came and stayed with us, you know, like she was trying to do things for me, like she was making sure that I was sleeping and then I was eating and she gave me so much credit about how I was doing as a mom. Um, I, that's another thing. I, I feel like that could be a whole other episode because <laughs> I find, <laughs> especially like I, in my case, especially right now, my I, I know it, I see it. My son is the spitting image of his father. <laughs> but, oh my God. <laughs> I did stuff too. Yeah, like hello. I, I raised that. Hello. I I, I grew that. Him. I was here for a whole year doing that. Yeah. I grew him in my belly for nine months and took care of him for a full year. But yes, he breathes just like his father. Right. Stop. I was just gonna <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that I am so he tired. Lived. I'm I so am, tired of it. I am so tired of hearing that everything my baby does is her father. I'm like is her father. Oh my god, her his father did that exact thing. Like I don't like Okay, but you know what? He has my nose and he oh, has my chin. Poor thing. And he has my nose scrunch. So. And I love I love this because <laughs> oh my god, Brandon's aunt, she's an angel. She's like, she's always like, she looks like you. Like, look at her. She looks just like you. Like about me, not Brandon, me. Yeah. And this is Brandon's aunt. And yeah. she's like always making sure she says stuff that she looks like me or whatever. And I'm like, that's exactly thank you. I found it so hard, especially like when I was the one that was with him every day and I was the one like, and I'm not saying that like Peter's not kind and he's not sweet. And no, he's no, no. Not- he's, he's obviously taking some of the load as well, but I mean. Yeah, but like when I was like, I was with him every day and like he is, a, he is such a sweet, smart and like caring little boy. Mm-hmm. And then like 
for it all to be like, oh, it's Peter, 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 Peter. Mm, and I'm like, yeah. I did a lot of this. So I felt it was almost dismissive of it like, is. what I was doing as a parent. So it almost contributed to like those feelings of like not being a good enough parent. A hundred percent. So I felt like I was feeling like not good enough. Yeah. That I was never doing enough or I was never good enough. And that was really hard. Like, And I mean, a- we were are almost like we were like depleting ourselves for this baby. Like, yeah. Everything is Learn from that empty cup. Exactly. And especially those first maybe, I don't know, six-ish months, I would say almost. Um, especially if you're breastfeeding, like <laughs> everything about you is going to that baby almost. Like literally, I was eating food so I could produce milk for the baby. Yeah. So I mean, all like, of your energy eating- is going to that baby. Like everything, yeah. right? Like physically, mentally. Yeah. And I feel like when you don't acknowledge like the all the effort and energy that goes into being a mother, I'm not saying that people do it intentionally, but like it's so it was so disheartening for me when I was already struggling and already feeling like I wasn't a good enough mom. Well, and it makes the whole postpartum experience that much more difficult because yeah. we're going through this postpartum um, stage and the anxiety, the depression, and then you have people coming around and they're invalidating everything you're feeling and they're ignoring your needs completely. And that's just, like you said, that's just putting you, like sinking you more into the ground almost. Like you just feel like you're being kicked on. Like, okay, <laughs> no one cares about me. And it's just all about this baby. Like, what about me? What about my needs? Like, it'd be nice if someone asked me yeah. how I'm doing. I may not be honest, but like, yeah. I actually like that you say that like I had a specific friend I don't I don't know how comfortable she is with me name dropping her so I'm not going to but like I said she would come over at least once a week and she would bring me a coffee and she would she like was I want to say she was probably the only person who I don't want to say that no one else did but like she made a like an intentional effort to speak with me and not just give all of her attention to the baby Mm, I love that and like important not that she didn't love him and not that like mm-hmm, she's also mm-hmm. like a little bit weary about like babies <laughs> but um, still like but still like she was able to acknowledge she'd be like hi little butt like hi little guy and then like i don't think she even realized like how much of an impact that that had oh he, like, you needed that probably more than she'll ever know like but i she had ideas that like she knew that postpartum was hard so she knew that like she wanted to be intentional about her like efforts to like be connected to me and it was it meant a lot to me and it was really it made it it made an impact like that's kind of when i started to realize okay i need to start seeing my friends more and i i'm really grateful because i have a, i do have a really good circle of people around mm-hmm. me that you know that are very helpful and that like it's also nice that i have people who make an effort to spend time with me and my baby but also make an effort to spend time with just, just me. you and on that note like i'll i'll name drop um and you know her megan She's yeah. my best friend. We've been best friends for seven years now. She was someone who also made the intention of putting her focus on me. Like she would come over like almost weekly or twice a week and she still does. And it's always like since Evie was born, it was always about what I needed. Like what can mm-hmm. I do? She would come over and she would clean. See, that's she's <laughs> such a great friend. <laughs> she would do my dishes. She would sweep. Um, and also she's someone I'm super comfortable with, of course. But it's just the fact that she'd come over and do things for me, like while yeah. I held the baby, you know, I did whatever I needed to do with the baby because, you know, baby needed me. Um, yeah. She would do all these extra things and she would help me do things with the wedding. Like she was doing the bouquets. Like, See, that's so helpful and that's so kind of her. Yeah. And, and still. That's how you know she really cares about you. Well, exactly. And Evie, really. And both of us. She, yeah. Yeah. But still to this day, 
um, like she's babysat Evie and stuff and, you know, she's come over and just done things or asked what I need, I need help with around the house. Um, whatever, you know, like, because she's just someone that put you trust. I trust and in, put you guys first. Yeah. And it, it just felt nice to have someone for a change that was and someone that was close to like close in proximity. Cause my sister, like I said, is not near yeah. me. And if she was, I know she would do these things as well. So, yeah. And I mean, I gotta give, you know, if my mom is listening, I gotta give credit to her. <laughs> no, my mom is good for that too. When she comes over, she'll clean. Cause my mom can never stop. No, she does not stop, <laughs> but she'll come here and do the dishes and do our laundry and like, um, clean up and help make supper and, um, bring us groceries and like stuff like that. So it's just nice when people think about yeah us. <laughs> I find the distances like I find the distances so hard. I found like in like us going through all of this together along like almost alongside each other and like especially at the same time like there was overlap with mm. you know our struggles with our mental health and like our struggles with all of this. Like I often found myself like wishing that we were just closer. Yeah. Because we understand each other so well. It was like, yeah, we could be doing all of this in person, like having, but I mean, that's all I have to share. I think we got, we talked about a lot of good things in terms of postpartum, you know, what we went through and how we navigated it and how we kind of came out the other side. And although it's still difficult some days. Yeah. That's, I think that was one of the things that I was going to ask. Like, how do you feel now? Yeah, I definitely, oh my gosh. It's, it's like a, what is it? A 180? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one, I, not a 360. No. Cause it's recent. Right back where you started. Kind of thing. Uh, no, no. It, yeah. I definitely feel much better. I can now picture myself having another baby. Whereas before I was like, fuck that. <laughs> Yeah. You know um, what I mean? Like, I'm like, because before when I was pregnant or before I got pregnant, I'm like, I'm going to have like maybe two or three. And then after Evie and postpartum, I'm like, I can't even picture it. And now I'm like, okay, maybe. <laughs> You're like, what about well, that's you? Good though. Yeah. I, um, I, I still like, it, you had mentioned like that navigating that postpartum anxiety. It's like an everyday challenge almost. Like it's something that like, it doesn't just go away. It's, it, I find it still lingers and I find it flares up as, um, with, with certain, you know, with certain people or in certain situations or whatever, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the work, I'm going to therapy and I'm, I'm doing my medication and stuff. So I'm hoping that this is like on the up and up mm-hmm. now. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned talking, <laughs> that you mentioned that like you're right now, you're like, yeah, I'd have another baby. I think right now, like I see how much it rocked my world. And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle going through that again, but I was speaking with someone today and she mentioned that like after her first, like she dealt with so much of that, like anxiety and stuff that her second was a breeze. Mm. She felt. Hopefully that's the case. I mean, it won't be for like another year or two when we start trying again. That's for sure. I can't picture it being soon, but like, Mm. oh my gosh, let's just hope. It's funny that you said that like you were comfortable, like the idea of another one. And I got an IUD in last week. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, not, not today. (laughs) Definitely not unplanned at least. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I'm taking the necessary precautions because that's always good, um, guys. Make I guess sure, make sure you're being, make sure you're being safe. Um, sometimes I it made me sad, like when coming up on his first year, like I felt really sad about it because mm. I felt like I, I was I missed so much of like those happy moments. Oh, and yeah. I kind of wish like one like reflecting back, like I kind of wish that I had taken it seriously sooner and that I had gotten the help that I needed. Yeah. But I and mean, it's hard. yeah, it's it's hard to like come to terms with it, but also like you have to just keep going and you can't change, you know, like you can't 
folks only. Yeah, like, I can't. I can't change anything, and like I'm, I'm. There's nothing I regret about what I like. What I did. Like, yeah. I, it took me a long time to be able to say it, but I'm a good mom, and yeah. I, I showed up as best for my son as I could every day. Mm-hmm. Eat, like, despite all of the things that I was going through, um, and none of it ever came to him. Like, none of it, and that was something that I was very, very grateful and proud of. That it didn't like fester into something else and like turn into like because it it can happen like that you resent your baby yeah. and that never happened for me. And I'm very grateful that it didn't. Yeah. Um, and like, I love, like there was nothing like that, like my love propelled me forward for mm-hmm. my son and like through the hardest of times for me. And I have to, I do have to just take it for what it's worth and just say like, I'm proud of myself for being able to come out the other side of the exactly. year that we had. No, um, it's true. You gotta, we have to give ourselves credit where it's due. Yeah. Um, Especially considering postpartum is a whirlwind. Yeah. I guess that's a wrap. Thanks for everyone for sticking around and continuing on this journey with us. And thank you for listening. We hope that we reached, you know, even just one person out there would be nice just to know that. Yeah. yeah thanks for listening. And we hope you'll tune in next week. And that's all for this episode of Mamas with Trauma and Unpopular Opinions. Thank you for listening as we shared our pregnancy and birth journey with you guys. Find us here again next week at 6 p.m. on Apple Music or Spotify. And be sure to be following our social media pages on Instagram at Mamas with Trauma Podcast and on Facebook at Mamas with Trauma and Unpopular Opinions. Thank you.